Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Get ready. This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunis. Thank you, thank you, thank you, voiceover guy. You always do a great job. But this tournament, the Valspar, the Valspar Championship holds a very special and dear place in my heart. The inaugural episode of the Cutline was released two years ago at the Valspar. And though it was played in March, it's still nice to get somewhat sentimental. I want to give a big shout out to my man, Zach Manafort, Mulligan Manafort, Zero Iron Zach. I have two guns. One for each of you. Not here with us, but the partner that started it all with me. This show goes solo now, but so what, man? Zach, we love you. We miss you. You're a guest. You're always welcomed here on this show. Love it, man. Love it. Love it that you, that, that you still listen and that you contribute in so many ways. Zach Manafort. So, real quick. Thank you, Canada. Thank you, Australia. Thank you, New Zealand. Germany. Sweden. England. Spain, special shout out to the US of A down in South America, in Australia, over in Russia. We've been heard in South Africa, in Egypt. And we got to give, you know, specific shout outs to certain states. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but Indiana, thank you, Indiana. And of course, you too, Minnesota and Wisconsin, California, Texas, Nevada, the Carolinas, Illinois. The Midwest, New York, Florida, everywhere. The cut line is just spread all across the nation. We truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you so much for your time. Everywhere the cut line has been played, so much gratitude goes your way. And thank you so much for spending your precious time with us. I'm your host, Michael Cavalunas, at Lunas on Twitter, L-I-U-N-A-S. Am I the man who placed an insane amount of money on the 49ers drafting pits with the third pick? You're damn right I am. Yet, without wasting any more time talking about the NFL Draft, we can't do this introduction without dishing out some trash talk. You have to fill out a form just to throw something in the garbage? That sucks. Beavis, you're a stupid dumbass. Ass clown. Dumbass! You dumbass! You're a dumbass! Such a dumbass! You are a colossal asshat. Oh, oh, no, I beg to differ. Oh, dear God. You see, my name's Billy, and I just won King of the Ring, but there's one problem. Everybody still thinks that I absolutely suck. Your fiance is an asshat. He's not an asshat. Hey, watch your language, okay? Oh, what language? Yeah. Mr. Dumbass. So this week's Dumbass Award dumbass. goes out to every free tout 
on Twitter. Am I your man, Mr. Dumbass? What the hell are you doing asking for tips? First of all, don't tip free touts. Don't freaking do it, okay? I've seen all these touts on Twitter claiming that they're the best. They're the guru, guru you know, the, the, the greatest thing since sliced bread. And then leaving their PayPal handle so you can send them some of your precious earnings? Come on, man. You're better than that. Be better than that. They aren't, they aren't the best. They aren't the gurus. They're thieves. They're stealing shit. And believe me, when one of these free touts, PGA best guys, goes out there and thanks Rick Gaiman, thanks the cut line, thanks Pat Mayo, you're supposed to know your shit. What are you thanking us for? Stop stealing our stuff, man. Stop stealing it. Where do you think they get all this information? They listen to our shows. Oh, play these best cash plays. They're Kenny's cash plays from DGen. Come on, man. All right, I feel better. I feel better. I let that out. It's out there. It's in the. It's in the open. All right. This is the breakdown of the Valspar Classic, and we're gonna do the best we can. You're God. I'm a God. I'm not the God. I don't think. To make sure that you're cashing big on Sunday, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax, greenside sun traps, and a putt that might just drop into your back door. And the goal of the cut line is to produce winning lineups, smashing lineups, lineups that are kicking ass and taking names and getting you six of six through the cut line. Yeah. So it's Wednesday night, it's lineup lock, and you just don't know where ownership is leaning. A little bit of advice, go to Fanshare Sports and FanshareSports.com. I know even with my own personal ownership projections, the main guys I trust, Fanshare Sports. Why? Because I'm the guy who does the ownership projections for Fanshare Sports. So this is a very easy fix. Go to FanshareSports.com, sign up, and subscribe in the discount code. Write the word CUTLINE, and you will receive 20% off your monthly membership. Ownership is a leverage not to be belittled. Get it. Sign up. Fanshare. So much more than ownership, though. They got research. Lee Aldrich is on there, dude, and he is crushing right now, crushing with everything. So make sure that you guys check out, uh, you know, Fanshare Sports and get out there. I love it, man. So so let's do it. Let's do it. Let's break down Copperhead. We, the Valspar at Innisbrook Resort, Innisbrook Resort. Players are going to have a tough time at Copperhead. Often this plays one of the tougher 18 on tour. And, of course, let's not forget the dreaded snake pit that can ruin a player's chances on Sunday. Past winners include Paul Casey. And the year before that, Paul Casey, Adam Hadwin, Schwartzel, Streelman, Luke Donald when he was good. It's going to be a fun weekend, to say the least. Now, about Copperhead. PGA Tour returns to Florida in his Brook Resort and Golf Club just north of Tampa. And the Larry Packard design course is one that the golfers have not seen this year on tour. But don't be fooled by the lack of name recognition. Especially when it compared to the likes of Pete Dye, Donald Ross, and Robert Trent Jones. This course provides some bite just as the name implies. The course utilizes undulating fairways and a vast changes in elevation intended to make the PGA Tour pros make some tough choices. Now this is not impossible to overcome by any means, as the course does often rank in just the front half 
of the most difficult courses on tour. Yet this course is certainly different from what the, all the other all the golfers have seen so far in Florida. In addition to the numerous elevation changes, there will be plenty of dog legs in play. One hole on the entire course provides a straightaway view at the pin. One single hole. Everything else is a dog leg. Hills, tree-lined fairways. Challenges are in abundance as they have to ma- manage water on five of these holes. I mentioned the tree-lined fairways and very well-placed bunkers that are just going to place a high demand for accuracy off the tee. The most challenging holes, as I already mentioned, derive from the notorious snake pit, which are holes 16, 17, 18, and this can obviously create an interesting Sunday. We're looking at Bermuda grass greens, a stint meter about 11 to 12, average green speeds, length 73.40 with a par 71. Okay, It's going to be a fun weekend. A lot of variance, a lot of variance taken into account. Key stats I looked at in my model. Ball striking, strokes gain around the green, scrambling, strokes gain approach. Double bogey avoidance is where I'm trying to get a little bit different. Not highly weighted, but most definitely utilizing that stat. And of course, strokes gain T to green. All right, we are needing to go dancing. Let's break it down. So this is the dance floor brought to you by Fanshare Sports, where the cut line takes a look at what could be the common build and potential pitfalls for you failing to get six of six golfers through the cut line. And the dance floor is intended to teach and get you just a tad bit richer. That's the goal. And lineups are going this this weekend, lineups are going to start with either Connors or Kokrak. And potentially both. Like, we are seeing a huge amount of ownership go their way, and these are going to be your chalky builds. And just tinker around with these principles. There are plenty of ways to deviate and and still roster these guys. Don't get me wrong. You can still roster Corey Connors. You can still roster Kokrak and, and get different. It's just how do you do it? So, first of all, I think the most common build that you're going to see is Kokrak with JT. It leaves you $7,450 per golfer. So, so these liners are most definitely going to try to get a 6K guy in there that's going to score well and get a little bit more spending money. I don't necessarily think that's the ideal build. You're banking on the top price guy winning. And as great as JT's been playing this year, average finishing position of 11th place, I just, I'm not going to bank on it. I'm going to bank on variance and I don't see Justin Thomas winning this tournament. He can, he can, but I'm going to cross my fingers and say, no, this build ain't going to work. The second one you're probably going to see is Corey Connors and Kokrak together. That leaves you with almost 8K per builder, and people are still going to get chalky. They're going to go name recognition, especially with with just a little bit over 8K. So you're going to look at at Kokrak and Connors together, and then they're going to go down to someone like Keegan Bradley or Sam Burns, Streelman, who's won before here, and then Lucas Glover, Chucky Three Sticks, Cameron Davis, Lanto Griffin, all these guys in this 8K range that are potentially lineup building strategies. Um, might even add some Scotty Shuffler in there and get down to some more, you know, the 7K range. I think your ideal build this week comes from maybe two different strategies. Um, first of all, no one's going to do Stars and Scrubs. 
there's so much talent in that 9K, 8K range that Stars and Scrubs is not going to necessarily look as the ideal build, but you're most definitely going to differentiate yourself if you go that route. It creates a very dynamic lineup that's going to have very different ownership and undoubtedly no duplicates, right? Because no one's talking about going Stars and Scrubs. The other route you go, which I think I'm 10... I'm tending to do a lot this weekend as I've been building and practicing this weekend. The 9K range, start there. There are so many comparable players in there that are so good. So a lot of variants to play in this weekend. I think there's there's a lot of options here. One thing I want to do is fading your chalk is different this week than it was fading the masters. I think with just a limited amount of players in the masters, you eat that chalk, you take that chalk and you, and you play with your own risk. And a lot of people are going to remember Patrick Cantley, that 26% miscut, but still fading chalk is different this week because it gives you so much leverage with so many other options. So many other options. Now last, last part I want to mention your player pool. I normally go with a tight player pool. I normally do, but I'm looking to create a lot of different lineups with a lot of diversity. So if you're going MME, 150 max, 20 max, I usually do three different golfers per lineup, but this this week I'm going four to five. I just think there's a lot of variance at this tournament in specifically, and we're going to get into specific details about that. But let's figure out who we're going to play this weekend. These two putts from victory. Only needs one. Ooh, got a member's bounce there, boys. That's birdie all day long. This is the Cut Lines signature segment, the birdie or better segment, where we go over the top plays from the 11K, 10K range, all the way down in the 7K range, and who we think are the best options for this weekend's tournament of course the birdie or better segment is brought to you by cutlinegolf.com you guys need an edge might i add this is a free edge completely free no strings attached don't even have to submit your email if you don't want to cutlinegolf.com ran by the cutline we have our blog section our tournament model the course report and of course the core four the coveted core four where our best place top place for the weekend um Check it out, guys. Cutlinegolf.com. Birdie or better segment. Let's get it going. So we're looking at this top tier. 11.5 with Justin Thomas all the way down to Paul Casey at 10,000. I'm not going to go in order here, but I'm going to tell you they're all solid plays, right? Paul Casey's a solid play. Reed, is the course history here is impeccable. We know how good Victor Hovland has been. Dustin Johnson, been off recently, but still at $11,200 and coming in at just 10%. Most definitely a pivot play. And of course, JT, we've, we know how good he's been here. Uh, not here necessarily, but just recently with his win at the Players, you know, 21st at the Masters. He looks good. All right, but let, let's start with Justin Thomas. First of all, first in my scoring model, second in my approach model, and my overall stat model ranks number 10, aggregate model number eight, but number one in my confidence model. Lee Aldrich has him second in his in his course suitability metric, and, and I'm not surprised. He's coming in at a high 18 to 22%, and that is actually kind of shocking. He's the top price guy, but it's because some of these other chalky plays are so cheap that you can roster Justin Thomas. I like him. It's just I don't want to play him. 
I don't like normally playing the top guy unless it's like apparently abundantly obvious, but this this whole field is very talented to where JT has a very large chance not winning this tournament. Okay, let's take into account the variance of this tournament, the Valspar. Justin Thomas has missed a cut here. He missed a cut after a top 10 finish and a top 20 finish. Patrick Reed has missed a cut. Missed it in 2019 after a second, 38th, 7th, and 2nd. Paul Casey, obviously back-to-back wins, and I don't think he can three-peat, and that's simply why you fade the 10K. I think he's priced 10K because of that. Like, don't get me wrong. He's coming off a miscut at the RBC Heritage, first of all. Looked good at the Masters. Looked awesome at the players. Looked amazing at the API. Looked great at the ATT Pro-Am. It's just not shaking here. Three in a row? Three golf tournaments in a row at the same tournament? Odds are going to say no dice. All right, so that leaves two. Three guys. Reed, we talked about. You know, the course history here is is great. It's amazing. He's solid in approach, solid around the uh, around the green. Recent form wise, the last five he's averaged eighth place. So like he hasn't played since the Masters where he finished eighth, um, and, and that's in between the RBC Heritage, the Valero, the Corrales, the Honda. But even then, like this year, he's only missed three of like he's made three or four cuts, and every time he's made the cut, he's finished in the top twenty five. So we should see that potential awesome play by Patrick Reed. The only thing is, is that he's pretty highly owned about 18, 19%. This is where Victor Hovland and Dustin Johnson become kind of key pivots. Dustin Johnson burned not a lot of people at the masters, but everyone watching saw how much he struggled. So this could be a potential, like let's come back to Dustin Johnson. We know how good he is. He's coming in in like 10% ownership finished here in sixth place in 2019. So he's played here before, I like DJ. I like him. He played, he finished a quiet 13th at the RBC Heritage, and he's not the top price guy. So you could bet DJ, roster him in your DFS lineups, saves you 300 from going up to Justin Thomas, and of course it saves you the ownership leverage. Of course, Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland ranks 17th in my overall stat model. In terms of this top tier, that's just behind Paul Casey and Justin Thomas. In the confidence ranking, ranks number four. Vegas loves him. Vegas has him at 20 to 1 to win this tournament. In terms of the projections, he's number four. Victor Hovland at $10,500, the way he's been playing, 10, 12% is a steal. He's a pivot. I'm going to stress this the whole show. I think there is going to be tons of volatility here. You are going to see a leaderboard that is not common. It's just not. And you're going to see a lot of fluctuation. And only in a couple of years, and a few of these years that, that we've been here, have we seen 54-hole leaders come across the finish line raising you know, the championship here at the Valspar. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be interesting. Victor Hovland, a pivot. Don't have to go crazy, especially at 10%. Never played here before. That's the one concern I have. Has never played here before. Okay. Let's go down the 9K range. And this is just a loaded, loaded area. Scotty Scheffler, Connors, Usti, Terrell Hatton, Answer, M, Neiman, and Henley. The guys I really like. First of all, let's get this out of the way. 
Corey Connors is going to be chalk. 20 to 30% owned, somewhere in that range. He's going to be chalk. But if you're going to tell me that Corey Connors is this or this much better than Scotty Scheffler, this much better than Louis Ustuzin, better than Answer, better than Im, better than Neiman, I hate Neiman, and better than Henley, I'm going to say no. It just isn't going to happen, right? All these guys are very similar in terms of their upside. All of them can score. In my scoring model, only Sung Jae ranks 30th, and that's just because he's been struggling of late. He should rank higher than 30th in the field in my scoring model. In my approach model, all of these guys are in the top 35, with Louis being the lowest. So there's no bad play in this range. There just isn't. Here's another thing I love. Two of these guys, Louis and Russell Henley, have made multiple cuts here in three or or four attempts. But the thing is, Corey Connors' recent form is insanely good. Fourth place at the RBC Heritage. Eighth at the Masters. Fourteenth at the Malero. Valero. Seventh at the Players. Third at the API. Ownerships could be high for Corey Connors. There's no getting around it. So, now where do you pivot? Where do you go if you don't want to eat that chalk? You go to Scotty Scheffler. Okay, Scotty Scheffler, $200 more. Make adjustments down to the you know, other end. Never played here before. Again, a debutante of the Valspar. But 17th in my approach model. In my overall stat model, he ranks number 16. Aggregate model number 15. And a confidence model number 12. Okay, it's Scotty Scheffler. Don't tell me he can't win. You look at all these guys. They have that opportunity to win. I'd rather start with those like low 9K guys and, and build my lineups that way and take equity in this 9K range about them finishing top five. Most of them get a bet all these guys to go top 20, top 10, top five. They all have that upside. You want to spend under Corey Connors? Go to Louis Ustuzin. Go to Terrell Hatton. Go to Abraham Answer. Go to Sung J.M. Go to Joaquin Neiman. Go to Russell Henley. Go to these guys. I'm not going to tell you stats that, that, that are going to jump off the page. They're all solid in approach. That's it, Sung Jay's game, right? He's got a fourth place finish here in 2019. Joaquin Neiman, 37th in 2019. Russell Henley's got a top 10 finish. Abraham Answer finished top 20 in 2018. You don't have to eat chalk here, and you can still get the same upside. All right, down in the 8K range. This is a little bit different. Jason Kokrak is going to be the chalk here, and I'm going to mention a play, though, that I don't like. And that's Bubba Watson. I don't think he's getting a lot of tread right now. I just don't. I don't think a lot of people are on him. And for many of the same reasons they aren't on him, I'm not. He's off. 94th in his last 12 rounds in the in approach. At the Masters, he finished 26. We didn't have any strokes gain data there. But we did see him play at the players in the WGC Mexico and the Genesis. He looked bad. He looked bad. And in the Masters, a major, it's a different ball game. Could he come back? Absolutely. I'm just not really confident in Bubba Watson here in this 8,900 range. Um, Coke Rack, if you don't know right now, you haven't been paying attention. He's the chalk of the chalk. He's the chalk donkey. Again, though, less options to pivot here, right? You're going to Charlie Hoffman, Ryan Palmer, Griot, Chris Kirk, who is another chalky option. Max Homa is getting tons of love. Max Homa is getting so much love, and I don't get it. Like, I don't have him incredibly high, 
But here's my concern. Two miscuts. 2015-2019, miscut, miscut. That's concerning. Missed the cut at the Masters. Missed the cut at the Players. What recent form says, let's play Max Homa? I get it. It's overall stat model. He ranks number 20 for me. But, I mean, if you're going to love Corey Connors, why in God's name do you love Max Homa? It makes zero sense. Makes zero sense. Charlie Hoffman, recent form. Awesome. 18th at the RBC. Second at the Valero. 34th at Corrales. 17th at the Players. 10th at the API. Fourth in my scoring model. Third in my approach model. Third in my overall stat model. That's chalk I'm willing to eat at just 15, 16%. Give me some Charlie Hoffman. Ryan Palmer, $8,500. I like him. Lee Aldrich's uh, course suitability metric ranks number 23. In my projections model, ranks number 15. For this course projection, 23rd course style, the tournament style, 49th. So I do like Ryan Palmer here. Again, if you want to pivot from Kokrak, it makes all the sense in the world. Ranks number 21 in my confidence model, 31st in my overall stat model. So a little bit low for the $8,500 range. But again, a guy who's made two of two cuts here, 28th and 42nd. Now the next guy in the 83 range that I love, but who's going to be volatile, he always is, could easily miss this cut. And that's Grillo. Grillo. So right now I got him at 35% to, to miss this cut. In this range, this 8K range of all these players, other than Bubba and Max Homa, he's the highest. Max and Bubba come in at 37%. Grillo comes in at 35%. But I love his game. We've got small greens. You need a solid iron game. You need a solid approach game. In the last 12 rounds in my approach model, ranks number one. In, in my approach model overall, compared to the field, number 12. Solid off the tee. Did miss a cut in 2015. But you're talking about a guy who finished second at the RBC Heritage, which some of the same skill set that, that they had at Harbortown, you're going to bring here. And we saw success with Grillo already in that kind of environment. So what's definitely going to buy there? Kirk's getting a lot of love. And some of the same reasons that Corey Connors is getting the love. The thing with Kirk, miscut 42nd, miscut 49th. There's not a lot of course history here that says, okay, I really want to play Chris Kirk. And and maybe it's a little hindsight bias for me, and I hate this. I hate admitting that. But as good as he looks in his metrics, sixth in my approach model, eighth in my scoring model, number one in my overall stat model, number three in my aggregate model, number eight in my confidence model. But at 22, 23% ownership, I'm just going to bet him. I'm just going to gamble him, bet him, and I'll go somewhere else for DFS. There is so much upside on this slate from all these golfers from this 8K range up to the 11K range. So you got to be cognizant of that. There's so much upside. Don't really have a lot of interest in Taylor Gooch. I know some people do. Kevin, nah, don't have interest in him, but I do like the upside there. It's just... Kevin Na kind of fits that same boat as Justin Thomas, 10th, 22nd, and then a miscut. Looking good recently with the exception of the miscut at the RBC Heritage, but did finish 12th at the Masters. Could be a little bit of a Masters hangover. Taylor Gooch now, 46th at the Honda. That was the last time we saw him. 
Of course, historically, has one miscut here. Overall stat model ranks number 12, confidence model number 20. So Taylor Gooch, if you love him, get him in your lineups. I don't necessarily do, but I understand why he could make it, especially at 8K. I just think he's a little bit overpriced. So let's go down to the 7K range, the final range for the B.O.B. And we got Keegan Bradley, Lucas Glover, Cam Davis, Lanto Griffin, Alex Noren, and Sneds. We're going to play Sneds, and I can't believe it. I haven't talked about him all year. You know who we're not going to play? Doug Gim, that mental midget who likes to fall apart every weekend. Not buying that. Not buying that at all. But before we get to these 7K guys, I want to mention Kevin Kisner. Kevin Kisner is better than his last three rounds of golf. Three missed cuts. Three missed cuts. And I'm going to buy into the 2% owned Kevin Kisner. He's burned everyone. Don't get me wrong. He has. I, I, I bet you the same thing's going to happen the next time we see Patrick Cantley on a slate. People are like, hell no. Not playing that guy. He's missed so many cuts. He's burned me so many times. Burned everyone last weekend with Xander, man. I wish they missed the cut. I wish they missed the cut. I would have made a hefty $400 on that missed cut. Whatever. Point being, you want to be on Kisner when no one is on him. If he has a decent weekend this weekend, especially at $7,700, top 20, figures out his irons, comes back with that positive regression with the putter, Kevin Kisner is an awesome pivot from the chalk. If you're willing to take on some risk, and I hope you do. I hope you do. A lot of people are going to go with the names. They're going to go with Sam Burns. Burns me every time. No, thank you. They're going to go with Kevin Streelman. They're going to go with Gary Woodland. We've seen the upside of all these guys. Streelman's won here before, right? So I get those plays and those calls. I just think Keegan Bradley here is a better call, a better play. I really do. He is just a solid approach player. And that's what we're looking here in this weekend. At 7,900, people will go down to Burns. They like him more. They will go down to Streelman. Why not? 61st in the official world golf rankings. They'll go down to Gary Woodland. Major winner. When Keegan Bradley ranks 135th, hell no. Why would I play him? Here's the thing. Projection model, top 30. Tournament style model, 22nd. 22nd. In terms of cut percentage, Keegan Bradley looking at 38%. And he's 70 to 1 to win right now. 70 to 1. So I'll take that. 16th in my confidence model, 11th in my aggregate model, 7th in my overall stat model. Keegan Bradley, you're looking good, boy. Looking good. Glover's going to be a little bit chalky, and I'm okay with that. He's about 15 16% ownership. That could go up. That could go down. We'll see what happens with Glover. But the thing is, he's showing really well. Liam Aldrich has him 20th in his CSR. I got him 22nd in my confidence model, 18th in my aggregate model, 14th in my overall stat model. But again, we're looking at these approach players. We're looking at solid plays. But the thing I like most about Glover, 24th, miscut, 18th, 74th, and 13th. So a lot of varying results. But when he has succeeded here, we've had top 25 finishes, almost the top 10 in 2019 with, with, with a 13th place finish. Again, though, if you want to pivot in that same pricing tier, go down to Kiz. Um, go down to Cam Davis and Lanto Griffin. Lanto's been brutal to roster. Brutal. Missed the cut at the Masters. 34th at the Valero. 35th at the Players. 21st at the API. 22nd at WGC Mexico. But the thing is, 
I really, really like Lanto Griffin here as a high upside play and to get different in your lineups. He's top 35 in my overall stat model, top 35 in aggregate model, top 30 in my confidence model. And the confidence model takes an ownership in Vegas as well. So he is historically a decent approach player. Recently, no, not so much. Historically, yes. So we're looking for some positive regression here. So a 7,400 Lanto Griffin, I know we don't normally play him at this pricing tier, but we're at slim pickings now. We're not as loaded as we were up in the 8K, 9K, 10K, 11K range. We're down to Lanto Griffin, Cam Davis, and these guys. So Lanto's an interesting play. Cam Davis, on the other hand, same concept, a solid approach player, decent scorer. In fact, an incredible scorer, 23rd in the field. Of course, we want a hot putter. If we get a cold putter, it's going to be a long weekend for Cam Davis. Alex Noren, Bretts, and, and uh, Sneds, most definitely in play. Get Noren in your lineups. Get Noren in your lineups. I think he's a solid play this weekend. Never played here, don't get me wrong, but we're looking at 25th place finish at the RBC Heritage. Looked really good that weekend. Snedeker, he's made three of six cuts this year since January. And the cuts that he missed were early in the year. Since then, two straight. Sixth place at the Valero, 42nd at the RBC Heritage. This course fits him. It's an approach course. You put the driver away. He doesn't need the distance. So continuing on in the 7K range, if you really, really want to, you can go back to Naismith. I'm not going to do it. I don't think it's the time. And I'm all pro Naismith all the time. Don't get me wrong. Just not now. I can't do it now. I can't. I won't. I shall not. Um, and that's it. Like that is doing it for the 7K range. Couple things I want to point out though, specifically in this 7K tier. Okay. We're looking at Charles uh CH3, Howell the third, Ian Poulter, Russell Knox, Schwartzel, Sabatini. John Ha, Henrik Stenson, and Graham McDowell. We're looking at these guys in the 7K range. And one thing I want to point out to you, these guys have made multiple cuts with at least four attempts in the last five years. Howell, four of four. Poulter, three of four. Russell Knox, four of five. Schwartzel, three of four. Sabatini, three of four. John Ha, three of four. Stenson, four of five. Graham McDowell, three of four. Now, who shined in that role? Schwartzel obviously won in 2016. Backed it up with a top 10 finish in 2017. John Hahn, ninth place finish in 2017. Stenson, a top 10 in 2015 and 2017. Obviously, this is not the same Henrik Stenson, but so what? Uh, Chucky Three Sticks, fifth in 2016, 10th in 2015. So don't tell me that these guys can't back it up. They're looking good. They're looking really good here. And it's important to note that these guys have had several opportunities to be successful. Ironically enough, and a little bit different, in this 7K range, a guy who is getting a lot of love right now, especially in the approach model, in the aggregate model, overall stat model, yet not so much in my projections, Tom Hogue, three missed cuts in three attempts. Getting a lot of love. I'm not saying I can't do it, but I'm saying, hmm, I don't know if I want to go that route. 
I really don't know if I want to go that route. So real quick, just looking at that top tier outside the 7K range, the same who fit the criteria of multiple made cuts with at least four attempts, it's Patrick Reed, Louis Oosthuizen, and Jason Kokrak. Kokes dominates. Second, eighth, 58th, miscut, seventh. So we could see potential top 10 here. Of course, Patrick Reed, second, seventh, 38th, and second. Let's not forget the awesome 2015 extra holes, the playoff with Jordan Spieth. Spieth nailing that 20-some footer for birdie to win the tournament. His second. And, of course, that catapulted him to the to his first green jacket and to the, to the stardom that Jordan Spieth is today. But still, long story short, so that's what we're looking at. But that breaks down that 7K tier. There's a lot of guys here that you need to look at. There's no doubt. Like People are going to look at Luke List, Keith Mitchell. Look at Rasmus, right? Do you want to go that route? Not the best approach players, but Keith Mitchell finished 11th here in 2017. Killer Keith. Killer Keith. All right, so you guys know who I want to play. The next question is, who am I not going to play this weekend? No. 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 Hell no. Can't do it. So this is everyone's favorite segment. Can't do it. Won't do it. The cut lines fades and will not plays of double digit ownership. That's right. Double digit ownership. The plays we will not play. So first of all, this simply the first play. I like Corey Connors. Don't get me wrong. I think he's an awesome golfer. I think he's an amazing option. If you want to roster him and eat that chalk, I think though he's surrounded by so many golfers that can most definitely achieve the same outcome and goal as Connors. Can't do it. It's simply an ownership fade. I cannot eat that chalk this weekend. If I'm interested, I'll bet him. But even with betting, I don't really think I have a lot of love for for him. I I, I just don't. Uh, the next guy I want to mention, Max Homa. Can't do it. I don't understand when you look at his recent form, two straight missed cuts. You look at the history here, two missed cuts. I get it. Solid approach player. Score. Decent putter. Looks great in my overall stat model. Uh-uh. I'm not going to do it. I've seen this tournament style before where I've seen Homa struggle mightily. Okay? Disastrously. Not going to do it. Not rostering Max Homa when in the style projection he ranks 110th. No thank you. No thank you. No thank you at all. The last ownership fade. And this is if it gets to double digit. Okay. If if this gets to double digit ownership and he's in the 6K range, it's an automatic fade. I really don't know where it's coming from, but a lot of people are are, are talking up Chase Seifert. And in my cut projection, I, I got a miss in the cut over half the time. Uh, in the overall stat model, I know he ranks top 30, but for a 6K golfer who's never played here before, 
who doesn't have necessarily like top 20 flash and he's going to be double digit owned. No, thank you. You can eat that Chuck Seifert, the Chase Seifert. We should call him Chuck Seifert. You can eat that Chase Seifert chalk. Can't do it. Won't do it. All right, let's do it. Let's let's go to the MG, the 6K range, the monsters and guarantees. Martin Pillar. He is a monster. He is a monster. Miscut, miscut. Martin Pillar. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. Miscut, miscut. I guarantee he will make the cut. Martin Pillar. <laughs> a monster. I guarantee he will make the cut. The MG Monsters and Guarantee the Martin Pillar Effect. This is for you, Zach. Where we look at our 6K golfers and we promise... No, we don't. We guarantee a top 25 finish or better. We're looking at upside here. That's what we need. It's what we want. It's what we're looking for. The upside of the 6K range. And let's dive into it. All right, so our 6K picks, James Hahn, Ryan Moore, Sam Ryder, and Cam Percy, absolutely our options for this weekend. Coming in at single-digit ownership, incredibly low ownership is James Hahn. First of all, ranks 46th in my projection model, top 60 in my style model, but 27th in my overall stat model, 31st in my aggregate model, and 33rd in my dance model. The guy's a decent enough approach player to have success here, and he has played here twice with one missed cut and a 41st place finish. Let's hope we get some upside. At the players, we saw a 41st place finish, and before that, we saw the 15th place finish at the Genesis. Of course, we had the withdraw at the Honda. James Hahn, what are you doing, man? All right, Ryan Moore is the next guy at 6,900. It's very rare that we get Ryan Moore down here. I feel like he's always priced up a little bit more. We'll have to check our, our, our market research on there. Um, usually better off the tee than he is in terms of approach, but we're going to be putting that away and hopefully he can just light it up in the approach play. But the thing I like 2015, 16, 17 top 20 finishes. He did follow it up with two missed cuts, but we're coming off an RBC heritage where he made the cut and finished 52nd at the Valero, Texas, Omis open finished 76th. We have seen some upside. We know at RBC, you need those irons to play well and have success there. And it's not like the guy's a, a blow-your-mind putter. So so Ryan Moore, 6,900. There is most definitely some upside there. Sam Ryder at 6,700. Ranks 51st in my confidence, 40th in my aggregate model, 61st in my overall stat model. So not necessarily the highest ranking in terms of this 6K range, but most definitely an option in in, in terms of that 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 range sam Ryder 60 or 6700 so um ryan moore i don't know if i mentioned him he's the 6900 again top 40 in my overall stat model confidence model so those are my those are my mg monsters and guarantees but we're going to do the same thing we talked about in the 7k range and we're going to look at the guys who have made multiple cuts in this 6k range and i'm going to add him to the mg and this is jonas blixt we saw him last weekend. He looked really good. Or, you know, we, we've seen him win 
the 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 Zurich. And here at this tournament in particular, three of four made cuts with two 22nd place finishes. That's phenomenal. All right, Danny Lee, second guy we're going to mention. He has a withdraw, but a seventh, a 22nd, and a 51st, uh, 54th. So that, that that's three of four. Luke Donald, of course, not no longer the number one Luke Donald in the world, but four of five made cuts. Watney, four of four. Graham McDowell, three of four. Chesson Headley, Hadley, three of four. And, of course, everyone's favorite, Sung King. <laughs> Scary names. Scary names, but again, looking good here, and they play well here. All right. Let's take it home. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the cut lines breakdown of the Valspar Championship. Join us next week as we break down the Wells Fargo. I want to give a special thanks to FanshareSports.com. A huge shout out to you, the listener. Thank you so much for spending your time with us. Let's get some wins. Get some green. Go and get them.